we've got to get to these parents and let them know that uh, they've got to change their ways or we're never going to be able to get enough officials in some of these games that need to be played with their kids. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports, media, innovation, disruption, refereeing, all different kinds of things. I'm Joe Favorito, back on Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona, with Scott Rosner. Scott, another interesting round that we're going to have a little discussion about. Absolutely. Really excited for this one, as are, uh, uh, I'm sure, any of our, our football fans and, and fans of of. of the sport who have really gotten into and, and followed what's gone on on television in the last few years has been the evolution of uh, the rules analyst. Um, and we are very fortunate today uh, to have Mike Pereira joining us on, on the podcast. Um, Mike, you're not calling the game, but welcome to the podcast. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's so great being here. And, and I remember now, back in Miami, yep. when, when you and I talked in Miami, and um, it's great to be a part of the spectacle, and it's really cool for me with Fox carrying the game, so I get to be in the booth, and hopefully, I mean, I hate to say this, but hopefully you never hear me. Right. I mean, if you don't hear me during the course of the broadcast, then nobody's going to be talking about the officiating afterwards, and that's, a, that's all we want as officials is not being talked about after the fact. And so it's just great being here. So not to be part of the story. So we'll start with, you know, the, the lead here was probably Roger Goodell's comments uh, that he's received a lot of brushback for um, about the state of refereeing in the league at his State of the League press conference and was specifically asked about it and addressed it. Um, and, you know, really talking about, hey, we're getting the vast majority of these calls right, which is true. Um, and want to hear your thoughts on, on the state, the current state of refereeing in the National Football League. I, I really liked what Roger said this time. I mean, you know, the normal answer would be to say what he said, that it's never been better. Um, I don't know that I agree with that, but I also don't think it's been any worse. But it's the first time that he actually laid out, he himself laid out facts like I try to do. And it's based upon, I look at the game at 150 plays, and people look at that one part of the play where a call is made and they react to that and don't realize that in every single play there is at least 10 decisions that are being made by the officials. I mean, when you think about it, you have the referee and the umpire watching five interior linemen block. So you've got each of those blocking scenarios that sometimes you can't see them all. You've got receivers being contacted downfield. you got all, you got formations, you got motions. And so if you look at a play that a game that averages um, 150 plays a game and you say there's 10 decisions at minimum, that's 1,500 decisions in a game that the officials have to make. They never get them perfectly. They've never, I've never seen a game, whether I graded it or was officiating in it, I've never seen a game that's been officiated perfectly. But 1,500 plays and you average five or six mistakes um, in real time, it is pretty amazing, and so um, you know I think that it they do they do a wonderful job. It's a little different now with replay and expedited review and all this stuff, which leads to some messiness. Um, but I think the actual officiating is not any worse than it's uh, ever been. That's for sure. Is it any better? 
I don't know that it's better. I think you have to look. I mean, I say that. I say I. This is a, a statement that even sometimes I confuse myself with. But um, I, I say that the officials themselves are better than they've ever been, but the officiating is not. Okay, so why do I say that? I think because replay has gotten so involved with um, video assistance, expedited review, that the officials are relying more on replay than they ever have because it's in their ear all the time. When I officiated, if you threw a pass interference penalty, you had to make the mental picture of where the foul occurred and after the play was over, adjust the flag. If you were the out of bounds spot, you had to get the right out of bounds spot. Now you've got in your ears an official, New York, the replay official, who, well, they'll pop on Put the flag at the 32-yard line. <laughs> so you get and you move the ball up. Move the ball a half a yard forward. It should be third and nine, not third and nine and a half. And then what do you do? Then you go in and you adjust the, the ball a half a yard in the Cincinnati-Kansas City That's game exactly right. with the play clock down to 10. And it was third and nine. There's nothing. It had no impact. Yeah. And then what happened? Then the air in the clock. Yeah. And then everybody thinks the play got run, but it actually got shut down. And so there's a repeat of the play. It's messiness that occurs because replay has become such a big part of officiating. So let's talk about that specific play because that's been one that's been talked about a lot. Is that one where maybe if you had to do it again, you'd look at as a referee and say, you know what, given how inconsequential this was in the moment and how much time is left, maybe you let this one slide. Right? <laughs> maybe the best decision is no decision in that instance. Well, let me just say this. If I was still running officiating and that happened, I would say after the fact, don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. It had no impact. If it's third and one, and it's off by half a yard, then do it, but do it right away. Right. Don't wait till the play clock is down to 10. Um, it's just not, I mean, in some ways you lose common sense when you use technology more and more. And, you know, I've always said officiating is either art or science. And when it becomes science, to me, it's not as good. If it becomes art, if it stays art, art is common sense. Knowing what you have to throw, knowing what you don't need to throw, and only changing things when they really need to be changed. And, and I think as Replay's gotten more and more involved with this video assist, I, I think that has made officiating on the field with the seven people not as good as it was. Speed of the game. Uh, about a month ago, we had Bob Delaney on, and he talked about when he was refereeing in the NBA and the way he would be able to, in his day, follow faster was he would literally watch games at three times the speed sitting on a plane and people couldn't figure out what he was doing but he felt like it adjusted his eye to the speed of the game how much has the speed of the game impacted positively or negatively officiating especially with all the the analytics and the technology that's involved now yeah i don't think it's negative i mean it's just that's just the nature of the beast that players i mean the thing is it's you always had speed but usually it was in all in your skilled players and now it's not just in your skilled players it's everybody and and it's just gotten so fast that when you think about it and it's hard to even wrap your arms around this but you have to make a decision on the field in 126th of a second Mm. And that's what you get. You say a sideline catch, and you have to judge whether the second foot got down and whether he maintained control at that point. One twenty-sixth of a second. Yep. So I've always been one, and it kind of goes with what Bob says. 
you often don't see what happens, but you feel it. Your instinct tells you what happens. And so I've always said to official all the time, trust your instincts because you've been doing it long enough and you visually will look at something and I, you know, and, and maybe you can't describe it after the fact, but it felt incomplete. So go with incomplete. You know, we did an experiment one time. We thought, well, let's mic all the uh, let's mic all the officials and let's open it up to the broadcast so they could hear what they're talking about. So as an experiment, we didn't put it on the air. But as an experiment, we we mic we mic them all. And so an official threw a flag. One of my buddies from Stockton, California, threw a flag, and Ed Hockley went over to him and said, "What do you got?" And he goes, "I don't know, but I got something." And I said. End of experiment. I don't want anybody hearing a statement like that. I don't know, but I got something. And uh, and then Ed had to talk him through what he might have, and it turned out to be pass interference, which was clearly pass interference, but he couldn't describe it. It happened so fast. So I've always thought, though, that, that when you have open mics, right, around, you know, and, and they're picking up the conversations, it's a really good indication of how good the referees actually are, right? Because you're hearing them, what we don't see as observers of the game from, from a distance, um, is them having the conversations with the players about what they're seeing and what they're not seeing. Hey, don't do this, don't do that, right? Um, you know, going back to the Eagles Super Bowl, right? And the Alshon Jeffrey, right? Jimmy. It was, and and did, did he get clearance or not from the referee, or was he? was it a procedure violation? Right? Yeah. Um, and, and so that part, to me, actually, in many ways, can help the referees because you actually hear the conversations and what they're doing. It can, but then you could also look back in the playoffs with Sean Hockley, Ed's son, and, you know, you're all-star crews now. Yep. And I call them all-star crews. I don't agree with the concept. but so you And you're just not used to working with the people on your crew. So when what happens with Sean Hockley and his crew in the division round, you know, you've got these microphones where everybody, all the officials can talk to each other. Well, he calls roughing the passer, turns on his microphone, and what's the first thing he said? Everybody shut up! Right. He was talking to the rest of his members on this all-star crew that were talking to him, right. and, and he didn't want to hear it. And um, so it's, I mean, it's, listen, I, it's the cool concept to hear the exchanges between the players and the officials. And sometimes the coaches and the officials too, but sometimes you have to be a little Dep- careful about what goes. Is, yeah, yeah, is, yeah, is yeah right. About, you have right. to be very careful what goes out in the air. Mike, uh, last question for me: um, Talk about the pipeline. How you're helping develop the pipeline? What does the pipeline look like? And what are the opportunities for people coming up? Well, I think it's getting better, and I think we all have to take responsibility for it, especially those of us within the industry. We're in dire straits right now when it comes to youth sports, and and I'm not talking just football, I'm talking about all sports. You know, people aren't signing up to officiate. I mean, the average age of an amateur official right now is 54 years old and has climbed for 10 years in a row, and the average number of people that are signing up to officiate has declined for 10 years in a row. So we don't have enough officials. That's why game all high school games aren't being played on Friday nights. They're, sat, they're Saturdays, they're Thursdays. We all have to figure out how to develop a pipeline. I'm encouraged by what we do. We have a foundation that gives scholarships to veterans to become sports officials in their communities. I'm thrilled about what the CIF did out in California when it comes to flag football, and they made women's flag football a sport, a legitimate sport in California, and that's going to open more opportunities 
I think for women who feel more comfortable officiating women's sports, that's why there's more NBA female officials um, because there's women's basketball, but football, the pool has been rather limited. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm pleased with that, but I think we still have to address where we are when it comes to respect of officials. I mean, that's the issue. We've got to get to these parents and let them know that uh, they've got to change their ways or we're never going to be able to get enough officials in some of these games that need to be played with their kids will go away. Uh, absolutely. And as the, the, the father of a, of a three-sport athlete uh, in middle school, you see it. And it's, you know, it, it, the age of the referees keeps getting younger. The skill level actually gets worse. Right. Because they don't have the experience. Right. And it is, it's, it's very challenging. And then, of course, you have the parents who think that every game that their, that their kid is playing in is the Super Bowl. It is right. the seventh game of the World Series. Right. And, you know, the, you know, the berating of the referees is just it's unnecessary um, and way beyond, way right. beyond the boundaries. And right. some of the best referees I've seen are the ones who stop the game. They'll go talk to the parent or the coach, right, and say, listen, you're going to be really embarrassed when, if you say another word, I send you back to the parking lot and you're going to have to miss the rest of the game. Your kid's going to be embarrassed, humiliated by it. And that has, I've only seen that not work once. Yeah, but if that parent gets irate and then all of a sudden, which has happened, pops out and pops the official. Absolutely. Well, then it's a, then fel it's it's a, a felony in a lot of and states. And it should now. be in every state. Be. No, 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 there's actually, Joe, the, in all seriousness, yeah, there's, there's referee protection laws right. that have come into place right. um, because of just that, mm. right? It actually heightens the, uh, right. the crime into a felony, mm. right? Well, Mike, we know we got to let you go. Once again, thanks for joining us here on the Cusp Show. Uh, it was a pleasure having you back on once again. You got it. And uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. Hopefully. I will. Ho hopefully it's a, again, as you said. It's hopefully a, you never hear my voice. never hear Mike Pereira's exactly. voice, but, but if we do, I'm sure he'll be great. Just best thank God I'm not paid by the word. That's, That's right. And continue best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. Cool. Once again, you've been listening to the Cusp Show. I'm Joe Favorito for Scott Rosner. We will see you down the road.